Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host each and every week for the WSN podcast. We're going to waste no time getting right into things because we've got a, uh, a couple great conversations coming up that uh, kind of follow up on conversations we had last week. If you recall, last week on the WSN podcast, we talked with Tim Polisek, an uh, assistant coach at the University of Iowa, and also Buffalo head coach Lance Leipold. Talk to them about the recruiting process uh, right now uh, for high school football players and for college football in general. Um, to get their thoughts on how things are changing, evolving, what the challenges are that they're seeing. Also, some of the things that high school players will want to keep in mind and, and be mindful of during this time period of uncertainty and, and limited uh, in-person recruiting opportunities and camps and junior days and all that good stuff. And also just got some great background from Coach Polisak, Coach Leipold on, on their coaching careers and how things are going for them right now. Uh, and, and so we're going to follow those conversations up today with conversations with a couple of their peers. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk to Spencer Erickson, an assistant coach at South Dakota State University. Uh, we'll intro Spencer a little bit more in just a moment, but he's an Iola Scandinavia graduate. His dad, Scott, is the head coach, longtime head coach at Iola Scandinavia. And uh, also another Iola Scandinavia graduate, which makes it three out of the four coaches with Coach Polisak, Coach Erickson, and also Coach Nick Gazer from North Dakota State University, their defensive tackles coach. He's been there for about a decade now with great success. And uh, Iola Scandinavia graduate, went to UW-Eau uh, Claire, and has, uh, has spent a great deal of time recruiting the state of, the, state of Wisconsin over the years. So we're going to talk to them about the same kinds of things, what they're doing right now with their own players to, to try to uh, mitigate things, you know, get into their coaching backgrounds as well. And also uh, focus on that recruiting aspect because that's the big part of, of what we're trying to dig into here to, to help high school players understand what's going on. Um, and so we'll talk to them about how recruiting has continued to evolve for them, things that they're going to be looking at, uh, etc. Great conversations with Coach Gazer, great conversation with uh, Coach Erickson. And so we're going to dive right into it. And uh, that's going to be the focus of our podcast today. As we continue our discussion of how recruiting has evolved, will continue to evolve, how it will change uh, in this situation that we were in, uh, that we are in, uh, we'll bring on another uh, guest from the college level to help us break it all down. A uh, a guy that is uh, out uh, out of state right now, but is very much a, a Wisconsin guy uh, at heart. Spencer Erickson. Uh, assistant defensive line coach at the uh, university, excuse me, at South Dakota State University, uh, a uh, Iola Scandinavia graduate, 2012, also uh, went to UW Oshkosh. Coach, we appreciate you taking some time to join us here on the uh, WSN podcast. Absolutely appreciate you guys having on and uh, absolutely appreciate everything you guys do for uh, Wisconsin high school football. Before we get uh, get too far into it, want to want to go back. Um, your your dad is the head coach at Iola Scandinavia and uh, uh, has had a great amount of success. But uh, in uh, 2000, uh, 2019, or excuse me, two thousand eighteen, uh, the team made it to state and uh, put together a great run. Um, you know, as you watched that, what uh, what were your thoughts as that unfolded? Uh, state championship in 2018, a runner-up finish in 2017, watching your dad, watching your alma mater uh, get that done. Uh, 
first thing that comes to mind was just how incredibly uh, proud I was of him. Um, you know, just all the years, you know, him being a head coach, me, you know, watching him every step of the way from, you know, to walk, I was on the practice. Take it all in, you know, and watch him experience that was definitely something I'll never forget. You know, I can never think of a man who's worked harder for something like that in their career. You know, you talk about coaching, you know, 20, 25 years before you finally win a state title. You know, that's pretty special. And I think that really speaks for itself that the type of, you know, work and determination and, you know, that every day he puts in, you know, to get to that point. And I know he's had a couple of runner ups, you know, in 1999, 2007, you know, and then 2000, you know, 17, you know, and then 18 finally, you know, makes that breakthrough. You know, I think that's pretty special and definitely something, you know, that I admire about him is how much work he put in, you know, even this late in his career. Uh, so again, you're a Iola Scandinavia graduate, UW Oshkosh. Uh, take us through your your coaching journey. What what has got you to this point as a uh, an assistant coach at South Dakota uh, South Dakota State University? Gosh, uh, you know my dad's got a great relationship with those guys down there. Sent you know a number of players that direction, and uh, he kind of reached out to me. Um, him and a couple other guys on staff that we have good connections with. Um, and they kind of approached me with the opportunity to, to, you know, come to school there and be a student coach. Um, and, you know, growing up being a, you know, being a, a, a football coach some my whole life, I was like, heck yeah, I'm in, you know, say no more. So uh, kind of to be a student coach. 2012 season, you know, being the first playoff team ever in school history, going to the semifinals. You know, so what a way to start your coaching career, so to say, you know, being a semifinal team like that, being a conference champ, you know, undefeated. And then from there, um, so I was there for five years, and it was kind of cool. My last year on staff, um, of course, we advanced to the national championship game where we eventually, you know, lost 10-7, you know, but again, another milestone in the school's career, which is in the middle of those five years. Um and then from there, um, I was a graduate assistant at Bemidji State in Minnesota for a, for a year. Um, and again, another great opportunity to work there. I know they've had a great, you know, success recruiting Wisconsin lately. Um, you know, so it's another great staff to be a part of, a great program. Um, and then from there, I was given the opportunity to, to join South Dakota State as the defensive quality control defensive GA, um, if you want to. I was there um, two years ago now, um, was a GA for a season. And then uh, got the opportunity to be a full-time assistant defensive line after my first year on staff, which is, I think, uh, pretty special and uh, definitely something that, you know, I don't take for granted being at a great university like this, you know, being one of the top, you know, premier FCS programs, you know, at the young age I'm at, you know, something that I definitely uh, don't take for granted, don't take lightly, and uh, definitely very blessed with the opportunities I've, you know, career. We're talking with Spencer Erickson, uh, assistant coach at South Dakota State University. Coach, where was South Dakota State at in terms of spring preparation when everything got shut down? Had you gotten any spring practices in? What what had you been doing prior to the shutdown? Um, so basically, when when we uh, when this all happened, our guys were on spring break, so we were we were prepared. They'd gone through all, and you know workouts, off-season training, you know, all the winter lifting, conditioning, all that stuff. And we were uh, we were on spring break. We were prepared to come back um, that Monday and start spring ball. So, uh, you know, we really didn't get any practice in. 
you know, when this all shutdown kind of happened was, you know, during spring, um, spring break, we kind of told the guys, you know, spring break was going to extend it a week. And then basically after that week was over, um, we were told that we were going to have the rest of the semester online. So, um, we were able to do, you know, some, some online meetings and stuff like that with our guys, um, as far as, you know, doing some playbook install and some, uh, some film review and stuff like that. But for the most part, um, you know, the last three, four weeks, we've really, you know, given our guys the opportunity to um, excel in the classroom like we expect them to um, from day one they step on campus. So they've been really focused on academics. They've been really focused on um, their finals, final papers, final tests. This past week now. So um, that's really been our main focus as far as our football team has, has gone. We really, uh, you know, kind of took a step back, you know, been doing a little bit of football stuff. Um, early on, but like I said, the last three, four weeks, have, you know, mainly focused on academics and making sure they're all squared away um, come this summer and they're ready to go next fall as far as their grades and their schoolwork goes. Now, South Dakota, the, the state itself, has, has gotten a lot of attention because it's one of the few states that has not imposed a mandatory shutdown or lockdown uh, in terms of larger society. Uh, out of curiosity, what, what guidance or what are the requirements for sports right now, just in general, either at the university level, the high school level, the youth level? Like, uh, Would you guys technically be allowed to do anything if the NCAA had not shut things down? Uh, no. So our university, um, once they announced everything was online, they basically shut us down as well as an athletic standpoint. They basically shut down the whole school. Um, outside of essential employees until further notice, basically, until they gave us a, a startup date again. Um, so that's kind of what they told us. So even if, you know, we could have guys on campus and guys around, we still wouldn't be allowed in the facilities and everything like that. The school's all completely shut down. Um, as far as, you know, guys like us, um, there's essential employees and other people like that around doing maintenance and cleanup stuff. But um, we couldn't have anything right now organized. You know, the NCAA did allow it. Gotcha. Um so things get shut down. You mentioned that you're trying to stay in contact with your players and trying to, uh, you know, keep them together and, and keep uh, keep in contact and supporting them. How has that gone? What are what are some of the struggles that you've experienced trying to to do that over the last couple months? Um, I think it's been actually really awesome. Uh, you know, we try to text or call the guys. Um, you know, at least once a week. You know, Facetime with them, hang out with them. Um, a lot of the guys, you know, live together off campus here. So a lot of the guys are in town. They have some, some jobs around town and stuff like that. So some guys are in town actually working and things like that. So uh, been able to, you know, FaceTime with them, hang out with them, you know, virtually. And then, you know, obviously just chatting with them. And then we've been uh, been able to get on Zoom with the guys and do what we call um, we call them non-football meetings here at SDSU. So basically we get on, you know, just hang out with everybody, see how everybody's doing, you know, talk about law, talk about some struggles and things guys are going with. Talk about, you know, keep some things lighthearted, like um, name one of the wonders of the world you'd like to see or combine two animals together to make an unstoppable force. So kind of have some fun with the guys and just keep everybody connected, you know, and then obviously maintaining strong relationships, you know, with the families, you know, how are their families doing? You know, are the are their uh, parents been affected at all with uh, any job layoffs or any sort of hardships with the family uh, getting sick? You know, grandma and grandpa, everybody like that. Um, focus those guys, and it's been it's been really good. They've been, you know, our guys are awesome. You know, you, you call them, they're going to answer right away. You text them, they're going to answer right away. So uh, it's actually been really smooth as far as communication goes with our guys. 
Um, and then we've been able to, uh, obviously, like I said, have some full D-line meetings as well with the guys getting them on Zoom together just to hang out and let them pick on one another for a half hour. So as we transition from uh, you know engaging your existing players to the recruiting aspect of it, which is a huge part of uh, of every college program, of course, what are some of the challenges that you've run into, obviously, with, with the limitations, with uh, not being able to get into schools, with uh, not having junior days, et cetera? What are some of the challenges that you've had to deal with in recruiting? And definitely some of the challenges is getting kids on campus. Um, you know, we try to do a good job in the fall, getting kids here for game day visits and seeing, you know, stuff from that end. But obviously game day visits are all, you know, I see some facilities and stuff like that. You know, we don't get to spend a ton of time with them, you know, you know, meet and greet, stuff like that. Uh, so that's been a major challenge, obviously, not being able to get kids on campus, especially kids from a distance area. You know, I recruit the state of South Dakota primarily. So, it's you know, it's fairly easy for me to get a lot of those underclassmen here for game days. But, you know, I'm talking about kids from Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, North Dakota, you know, Missouri, Kansas, Illinois. You know, those kids are obviously have a harder time getting up here on a Saturday after playing a Friday night game. So, you know, the summer, you know, the spring, this time of year is big to get kids on campus and show them really all about the program. So that's been somewhat of a challenge, not getting kids here in person. So in turn, obviously, we've had to do a lot of more uh, stuff online, you know, virtual things um, with them to show on campus and, and get them to meet the staff, you know, meet Coach Stiggs, spend a lot of time on the phone with those kids and things like that. As we move forward uh, with the way things are right now, um, any any changes that you envision uh, to that recruiting, um, you know, dynamic and and uh, the things that you've been doing? Anything that you know, if things continue to be where they are, where you can't get kids on campus and you can't get in front of kids as much, anything that that might continue to change or evolve to uh, to help with the recruiting process for you guys. Yeah, um, I think they're going to probably loosen up some of the restrictions as far as how many phone calls you can make to a kid, um, as far as, you know, you calling them versus them calling you, or you've been able to text them, or, you know. So I think they're going to probably modify some of the rules um, at our level as far as that goes, um, as far as, you know, us being able to reach out to kids, you know, and them obviously calling us versus us, you know, calling them. So I believe some of that will change. They'll probably have to put some sort of restriction or guidelines on Zoom or Skype or however virtual, you know, ways coaches are meeting with, you know, recruits. I think they're going to have to put some sort of restriction or some sort of limitation on that or else I think these kids will get bombarded with things like that going on. Um, And then I would assume, you know, at some point here, they're going to make some sort of ruling on summer camps. I know, like you said, um, you know, South Dakota being one of the states that haven't really did a a stay in place um, or a shutdown order of any sort, but you know, you would think just to keep it a level playing field like they've been kind of preaching the NCAA has, um, I would assume at some point they're going to make a ruling on summer camps as far as, you know, as a broad spectrum of no summer camps are allowed, which obviously some of that's going to happen if they continue to extend the dead period recruiting. Um, obviously you can't host camps then, but I would think at some point, even if the dead period does expire, um, they might, you know, put an end to all summer camps just to, you know, primary focus safe and healthy, you know, get football started up again as soon as possible. Or, you know, they could just extend the dead period into August and that'll kind of end summer camps as well for everybody. 
So those are kind of the, the main things that I think are, you know, are going to get answered pretty soon here, just, you know, with the timing of everything kind of happening. We're talking with uh, Spencer Erickson, continuing our discussion with him, an assistant coach at South Dakota State University. Uh, You mentioned that you recruit uh, a lot in the state of South Dakota, and uh, I know Coach Jason Eck uh, does does a lot of recruiting in the state of Wisconsin. Um, Another former Wisconsin guy played at the University of Wisconsin. How often do you get back here, and how much do you get a chance to, to do some recruiting in Wisconsin? Um, so I do a decent amount, um, as far as positionally. So, you know, getting D line guys, you know, or some, some hybrid linebacker guys from the state. Um, so I, I am able to back, um, and recruit the area a little bit as far as you talking with kids and stuff like that. And like last year, you know, coming to the, to the combine, the WSDA combine is always a great time. I always make sure I, uh, I have the ability to get back for that. Just obviously my familiarity of the area and a lot of the kids just knowing the names, um, through all the friends I have in Wisconsin. So I, you know, I get to do a, a dabble in Wisconsin a decent bit. I uh, still make sure I kind of from from a distance, and I have a lot of friends, you know, former players from Oshkosh, um, you know, that coach at the high school ranks now. Um, so I get to, you know, I always hear stuff from them where, you know, they got a kid that they coach that they think's a real good player. So I always appreciate those connections um, as far as the recruiting stuff. Um, and then, you know, as far as getting home for fun, you know, try to get back as much as I can. You know, obviously you're busy a lot, always on the road whether it be in the season or in recruiting and things like that. But uh, try to get back as much as I can um, for things, you know, birthdays, you know, holidays, everything like that. Try to, you know, be around as much as I can. But obviously, you know, being a six, eight-hour drive sometimes to get where I need to go, that's always um, as far as a weekend trip. I forgot to mention, too, uh, on the coaching staff, Rob Erickson, who was a uh, a player at UW-Platteville and, and a coach at I believe both Platteville and Stevens Point and Whitewater. Maybe he's he's uh, the, another guy that's been uh, involved in the state of Wisconsin. And speaking of the state of Wisconsin, uh, who are some of the other folks either on your staff or, and certainly the the players that you have right now from Wisconsin? Uh, in, in any that we can kind of look for taking a bigger role on the field uh, this fall potentially? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, you know. Coach Rob Erickson, you know, recently joining our staff, um, coming from Whitewater, you know, he's going to be a great addition um, to our defense, uh, just as far as, you know, being a good teacher, a good mentor, and a good leader for those kids. Um, so we're excited about that um, for sure. Um, as far as Wisconsin kids in our roster, uh, we've got a good, you know, a good group of those guys. Um, kind of the first guy stands out, Blair Mulholland. Obviously the name kind of carries itself in the state of Wisconsin with what he was able to do at the high school level. Um, he's done a great job for us on special teams and stepping on offense as a role player when we need him. Um, obviously, looking for him to continue to increase his his uh, his ability and increase his role on the on the team. Uh, he's done a great job. He's one of those kids, you know, yes sir, no sir. You know, you ask him to do something, he's going to do it. You know, point A to point B as hard as he can. You know, not ask questions about it. So he's uh, he's been doing. You know, he's kind of uh, he's he was really good last year on special teams for us. You know, he did a lot of things. So really excited for him, you know, going into his senior year. Um, another kid from Wisconsin, uh, um, you go Blake Coons. You know, he played as a true freshman for us at tight end from Germantown. Um, you know, just continue to watch him grow his role on our offense. You know, he's a dynamic, you know, playmaker. He can catch a lot of balls, you know, pretty much in any area, throw it to him. Uh, so really excited to see, you know, the leaps and bounds he's continued to take, you know, from playing as a true freshman, you know, as a sophomore last year, now going into his junior year you know, really starting to hone in on his skills 
um, as far as that. Um, John Grutzmacher, an old lineman from Merrill, um, you know, he played, you know, he, he, uh, he rotated on the old line last year, did a great job. I know uh, being a D-line guy, going against him every day, um, and one-on-one and things like that, he, uh, he plays hard. He does a great job, um, very technical with his skill. Um, and his attention to details, looking at, you know, again, to see him make some big strides into his junior year. Um, then we got a senior, uh, Jarek Burke from Oconomowoc. Um, you know, another kid who, you know, played a lot, um, enrolled on defense, you know, had a great game when he came in against Minnesota. Unfortunately, you know, he got a head injury, got a concussion that game, but, you know, he played awesome um, in Minnesota. And then obviously he was a, he was a special team stud for us. You know, having him on, on my kickoff, you know, you know, he's one of the first kids down there all the time. The kid's got some good speed and, uh, he does a lot of things for us. You know, he's another one of those kids, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, whatever you need me to do for the team, I'm here for you, coach. So, uh, you know, excited about him going into his senior year. Um, and another kid, Caleb Shaw, you know, a tight end from Sparta. You know, another kid going into his junior year now. You know, watch him expand his role on the offense, continue to get better every day. Um, you know, another does a great job for us. You know, never have to worry about him. You know, and then two kids will be a uh, retro freshman next year, Evan Bierenstein and Kevin Brenner. Um, striped shirt last year, um, but you know, you know, another, you know, two kids that you know worked their butt off and just kind of goes with that midwestern, you know, Wisconsin type, you know, lifestyle. That you know, hard fast, you know, good old, uh, good old fashioned hard work and dedication, and you know, kind of push your way through everything. So um, those guys are doing a great job. Absolutely signed a good, you know, incoming class too um, from Wisconsin. So really fired up to see you know the future of those kids in our program. Uh, remind me, how many years in a row has South Dakota State made the the FCS playoffs? Uh, I believe nine years now. Nine um, years. So, nine years has only been us and uh, and us and the and the guys up north that have been able to do that. So, uh, definitely uh, speaks volumes with where our program is and where we're headed. The guys up north, I like that. Uh, we're going to be speaking to one of the guys up north uh, a little bit later in our uh, in our podcast as well. But an incredible amount of success that you guys have had and, and been able to sustain there at South Dakota State. So, what are we looking at for 2020 for this fall? What uh, what's on the schedule, and uh, you know what are some of the expectations for this fall? Well, our expectation every year is to you know compete for a national title. Our guys know that that's not even enough. That's not really a goal anymore. That's an expectation. That's a standard of our program. And that starts from Coach, you know, Stiglmeyer on down. Uh, so we're excited about this next year. Obviously having a lot of a lot of talent coming back. You know, we graduated a, a great group of seniors, as you do every year. Um, but, you know, looking to replace those guys with the younger guys and, you know, just, you know, next man up mentality. You know, whoever's out there, put the ball down, let's play. So we're, uh, we're excited about this upcoming year. You know, with all the talent we have, a lot of experience. A lot of guys who played snaps last year, not necessarily starters, but guys who played on special teams, guys who, you know, rotated in on whether it be offense, defense, you know, you name it. So a lot of guys who play a lot of snaps um, coming back on this team. So we're really excited about uh, our outlook for sure. Uh, and hopefully, you know, barring any schedule changes of any sort, you know, we're looking, you know, we're pretty fired up about the early part of the year. You know, we go, we go to our, we have Butler at home week one. Um, and then we get to go to Nebraska for, for our, uh, for our big uh, Power Five team for this year, so that'll be a that'll be a fun fun game for sure. Before we let you go, one thing uh, I wanted to, to to talk about a little bit. Uh, we've gotten some questions about this from players and parents, and we've talked to some other coaches about it too. 
but in these times where the recruiting process is so disrupted and it's not the regular process that everyone's used to, and it's harder for the kids to be seen by the college coaches. It's harder for the college coaches to see them. There's not as much interaction that can be done. There's not as much of, you know, kind of the cross-checking that you can do. Um, What are some ways that players can improve their uh, standing, if you will, or or their ability to be recruited during this time period when they can't meet face-to-face with coaches and can't have that that kind of interaction? Um, Well, a big thing that, you know, a lot of kids, obviously, you know, reaching out to the head coach um, of the high school team, you know, that's a big part of us, you know, what we do in recruiting already you know, maintaining a good relationship and the strong contact with those guys. So oftentimes, especially right now, they're kind of our eyes and ears, you know, in the towns, you know, being around in contact with the kids more so than might see the kids at the local field running around and things like that. Um, so obviously they're a big asset to us. Um, and then, you know, I've seen it a lot, um, and some kids have done this too. You know, they film themselves working out, you know, whether it be doing some drills, running some, some combine testing, whatever it might be, you know, seeing kids film that stuff and post it on Twitter or texting it to us and things like that, you know, that's always helpful. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of times you got to trust your, your in-person evals and, you know, obviously getting eyes on the kids in camp um, and as sophomores and kind of seeing what they're doing and how they've developed. Um, then, you know, we'll have to go into to some senior evals too, probably a lot more, you know, senior film evaluations than ever uh, this next year, just as far as, you know, the unknown of being able to see kids this summer. Um, so that's definitely going to be a big thing in recruiting, you know, this cycle too. So that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, you know, finding the kids who fit your program. You know, they're good kids. They're the right people. You know, make the correct decision, and they're the right fit for what you need in your program, too. So, you know, a lot of that stuff plays into effect, as always. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the idea that players need to connect with their high school coaches. I get that. I get the question so many times, how do I get recruited? And the first thing I tell every kid, every parent, talk to your high school coach. They will be a great resource for you. You're, you shouldn't expect them to be a recruiting service, but they are a big, ben, uh, big benefit in terms of experience, in terms of connections, as you said, um, with many of the college coaches out there, with providing feedback. And just uh, that, that has to be the first step. I, I can't tell you how many coaches I've talked to, high school coaches, um, you know, this this kid, uh, you know, contacts me and says, uh, you know, the, I'm getting this interest or I'm whatever. Talk to a high school coach about him, and they don't even know the kid wants to play high school or play college football. And that disconnect is just amazing to me. So that has to be the first contact, the first step in recruiting. It has to be talk to your high school coach and let them know that you're interested in playing. Get the feedback on what you can improve upon to be a, a better prospect, and uh, get some feedback on you know what what best situations might be for you. So uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that, but of course, not surprising coming from a, uh, from a high school coach's son, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like, like I said, the, the high school coach is always the first person we're going to contact, you know, who are the kids at your school? Who are the kids, you know, you would pound the table for, you know, stuff like that. You know, if the coach is going to, you know, recommend them to us sometimes, you know, it's hard for us to even, you know, really truly evaluate the kid because, you know, it's something to be said if a, if a coach doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily maybe like you or doesn't think, you know, you have the right mentality or you're not a good teammate. Well, they see you every day. You know, I only watch your huddle highlights. You know, I, you know, sometimes that stuff gets taken more into stock than, you know, even how good your skills are and how good your, your 40 times are. You know, like I talked about before, your, 
your your all your combine times, your testing, your ability. You can have it all in the world, but if you don't have you know everything right in order off the field, then it doesn't matter. So that's a that's a big part of it. That high school coach and you know, like you said, obviously the the connection with my dad and you know it's pretty cool at a, at a young age coming you know walking up to the high school from the from kindergarten or from first grade and seeing all these coaches sitting in his office talking to him about his players. That was the coolest thing in the world to me. So. Um, definitely was you know surrounded by that at an early age and definitely saw how important that is and be uh, one more thing before we go so your dad at iola scandinavia that's quite the coaching tree at the college level that he has uh yourself coach polisek coach gaser i mean that's that's a pretty impressive run of uh of college coaches coming out of a pretty small school yeah and i think uh you know it speaks to him as you know the type of men that he brings up in his program you know, and the type of support he gives them, you know, throughout their, their lives and their coaching career. And, um, yeah, he's definitely had a bunch of them. You know, just the guys you named off, there's probably, you know, you know, 10 more at least, you know, at the college level at some capacity. So um, not even talking about high school after that. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely shaped and molded those guys. And he's, he's definitely infected us with the football disease that we all have and we can't get rid of it. So um, definitely uh, we have seen – firsthand how football can impact you know lives of young of young men and it's definitely uh carried on into us for sure coach spencer erickson assistant coach at south dakota state university really appreciate you taking some time to join us today to, to provide some insight on the recruiting process talk to us a little bit more about south dakota state and uh really enjoy the conversation uh especially about uh your dad and iola scandinavia and your uh, your background as well so coach really appreciate it Stay safe, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys doing this. Like I said, you guys, you know, an awesome thing for, for Wisconsin sports and high school football. Big thank you to Coach Erickson for coming on, and, and uh, great to see a young coach getting after it, getting out there, and uh, really making a name for himself uh, very, very quickly in the coaching scene. Without further ado, let's get right in to our next guest. As we continue our discussion of recruiting and how things are being impacted during this time, uh, our honor to welcome in another college coach that has uh, done some big things after playing high school football in the state of Wisconsin, and that's Nick Gazer, the, uh, an assistant coach at North Dakota State University and a former Iola Scandinavia player, uh, graduated from UW-Eau Claire, and has, uh, has certainly spent his share of time back in the state of Wisconsin in recruiting and has built a, a real pipeline, helped build a real pipeline back here to Wisconsin, out to the 25,000-time uh, national champions out there at uh, North Dakota State. Coach, appreciate you taking some time to join us today. Hey, no problem. Really excited to uh, spend a little bit of time talking to you today. Are you running out of, ring, uh, of fingers for rings, by the way? <laughs> Never. I'll find a way to get them on my toes. i gotta, I got to get them fit on my toes next, but... Uh, winning, winning never gets old. There's no doubt about it. Winning never gets old. How many national championships at North Dakota? And then was it one or two at, at uh, Minnesota Duluth as well? Yeah, I've, uh, I've been fortunate to be, um, eight, eight here at NDSU. And then I was at Minnesota Duluth when we, uh, won it there too also. So nine, nine total national championship rings. We finished five and four my senior year of high school. That's that's about my claim to fame when it comes to, <laughs> to football. We didn't make the playoffs though, so it was it was good. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to be around some really good kids and really good coaches and really good people. So I, I knock on wood every day uh, the people I've been able to be around. 
Now, were you on the uh, when? When did you graduate from Iola? Were you on the team that finished as a state runner-up in '99? No, that was that, that was after that was after me. My my senior okay. year was 1998 in, in Iola. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll get to what we came to talk about. And, and first of all, maybe let's go back a little bit before your background. And again, an Iola Scandinavia graduate. You know, what was the path that got you to this point where you've now been at North Dakota State for uh, for about a decade now? And, uh, you know, what led you here? Yeah, you know, I've had some really great coaches and mentors for, for me uh, through my coaching career. And, and it all starts back with, with Coach Erickson at, at Iola. You know, I when, when I growing up in, in the small town of, of Iola, Scandinavia, you know, I didn't know didn't know a lot outside of, of the, the, the town of Iola, Scandinavia, but you know, the one thing he always taught me is, is there's, there's much bigger things out there and there's other opportunities out there. And, and, uh, you know, as, as I continued my, my, uh, you know, path through Iola Scandinavia high school and continued to work on my academics, I really felt like, like football was something I really loved and really something I enjoyed. So I was fortunate enough to, to get an opportunity to go to uh, UW Eau Claire, uh, went there and, and had an unbelievable experience. You know, um, it was there with coach Nielsen, who was a, uh, again, a big mentor of mine, get big influence of mine. I was only there with, with him for about a year before he left to Minnesota Duluth, but certainly a guy that recruited me and, and taught me some great things at, at, at UW-Eau Claire, and I had a great experience there. Uh, after I left UW-Eau Claire, uh, I went with uh, Coach Glazier down to uh, Marietta, Ohio, uh, went down there and, and, and played, uh, um, you know, and, and coached in, in the OAC for a couple of years at Marietta. And, that was certainly a great learning experience uh, playing against uh, some great division three schools and, and uh, learned a lot about recruiting down there and, and a lot about coaching football. After that, I went to Augustana college in Illinois um, was there for three years, a uh, couple of great coaches I met there and great experiences I met, I had there. And then, and then I was fortunate enough to get my opportunity to go to, to Minnesota Duluth and, and went back to Duluth and, uh, a place I really enjoyed. I met my wife there. Uh, was there for uh, three great years. Again, uh, like I mentioned, had a tremendous, I had such a tremendous amount of expect, uh, uh, respect for for Coach Nielsen and Coach Schweigert, who hired me there, and then and then Coach John Steger, who I spent a ton of time around. So very fortunate the people I've been around, and and then obviously got the opportunity to, to go to to North Dakota State and. Uh, it, it's been a, a phenomenal experience here. Uh, I enjoy the community here. It's a great place to recruit. It's a great community. And obviously, like we mentioned, it's, it's a, we have a great tradition here and, and a real opportunity to, to win a lot of football games. So going on my 12th year uh, next year at, at NDSU and, and, and love this place and hope to bring more Wisconsin kids uh, out to this great university. You mentioned Coach uh, Erickson at uh, Iola Scandinavia. We had his son uh, from that school down south on a little bit earlier yep. in our podcast, uh, Spencer joined us. So, uh, as as we talked with him, incredible the the coaching tree coming out of Iola Scandinavia. You two, as well as uh, of course our, our good friend Tim Polisek at University of Iowa, some other guys that are you know sprinkled around here and there, co- uh, guys that are at the high school level. Just uh, incredible to see that that coaching tree coming out of such a small community. It, it is pretty amazing, but again, I can't say enough about Coach Erickson. I mean, I think he's the one that got us all started in, in the love of the game, the love of football, um, teamwork. I mean, he, he's the guy that got us all going, um, you know, the right direction with the game of football. So I can't, we can't say enough good things about him. And, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Spencer's done a phenomenal job down there at South Dakota State. Coach Polisek, one of my dearest friends. Uh, a lot of guys that I still am, am very, very close to and very well connected to. So 
it's been a lot of fun, and it's great to have that group of, of people that I've got to know and really cherish my time around those guys. Well, let's dig into a, a few things around this year and uh, take us back, if you could, where, where things were at with the North Dakota State program when things got shut down. Where were you at in spring practice or preparations or what? where were you guys at at that time back in early to mid-March? Yeah, you know, we, we, we really got one practice in before we went on spring break and things got shut down. You know, we you know, there was rumors, there was things happening that we knew some things that were going to potentially have to change. Our recruiting uh, thoughts were certainly going to have to change, um, but we probably didn't realize it was going to be to this extent, you know. So we, we we were able to get one practice, in, and, and the thing that's a little bit different about NDSU, and, and people probably realize that, is we practice pretty late in spring. There's a lot of schools that get started in early March and even February uh, with spring football. You know, because our season has lasted so long and, and we've been fortunate to play in, in some championship games, we have to allow our kids some time to get some rest, some rehab, potentially get some surgeries, you know, things like that after the season. So we're a pretty late starting spring ball uh, um, unit here. So we, we have to wait a little bit. So we only got one practice in um, before we were uh, having to go different directions and and obviously, after spring break, uh, things kind of got canceled, and uh, we've been at home ever since. So, in this time since then, what has been the focus? What have you guys tried to do to stay in touch, stay connected with the other coaches on the staff, and especially the players that are, uh, you know, in hiatus and, and in waiting, just like everybody else? The, the players already on the NDSU roster. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny, you know. Four months ago, I didn't know what Zoom was. I had no idea what, what Zoom and some of these other technologies were, you know. But now I find myself, I'm on it five, six times a day. Um, you know, so it, it's been a big part of recruiting, and it's been a big part of our communication with our coaches. As far as our coaching staff, you know, once we realized we were going to be taking some time out of the office and uh, being home, uh, we, we, we kind of designated, at least on defense, we designated a bunch of different projects. We, we each downloaded the full season, um, and, and we just looked at the different projects. You know, myself, I looked at, you know, I looked at run game and just tried to find ways that people are attacking us and, and different movements that we've been able to utilize up front. Some have been good, some have been bad. Some of our other coaches, uh, Coach Morgan, who again is another Iowa, Iowa Scandinavia guy, coaches our corners. Uh, he took a, he took a look at a bunch of different route concepts. Um, our linebackers coach, he, he looked at a bunch of our pressures and you know so on and so forth. And we're just trying to break down and figure out you know what we've done well, what we need to continue to improve on, and maybe some new things that we want to uh, implement uh, next time we get out on the uh, on the football field. Every day defensively, we try to meet. Uh, we get on a Zoom call about 10 o'clock every single day, um, and we're talking either about scheme or recruiting. And, and, uh, and that kind of goes to my second point. The other thing that we've been doing a ton of is, is obviously recruiting, and, and recruiting is the lifeblood of any good football program. And, and, and we spend each and every single day uh, working on our recruiting, and, and that might, that, that might uh, be – you know, getting a, a young man on the phone uh, with our defensive staff. That might be getting a young man just on and, and me going through some defensive line drills with him. Uh, it might be a, a getting on with his parents and communicating with, with them about, you know, what NDSU is all about. So, um, you know, we, we've really tried to spend as much time as possible, continue to stay busy with football-related uh, activities. But but obviously, as you know, we've, we have a plenty of other duties too, and that includes teaching my kids and 
things like that. So uh, we tried to stay as busy as we could with those things. So recruiting, uh, obviously a very different time, a very different process. Everything is is very different than what it had been. So what things have changed for you? What things have you tried to, what ways have you tried to mitigate the impacts of those changes? And, and what have you found that is working well for your, your group right now? I, I think the, just the, the technology of getting on the Zoom calls where, Again, I've been fortunate enough now to be able to get, you know, some of the top defense alignment uh, that we like in, in the 2021 recruiting class. I've been on probably, boy, six to seven conference calls with, with these kids. And, you know, uh, probably the first one I, I talk about North Dakota State and, and take a look at some of our facilities and, and take a look at campus. The second one, then maybe I'll talk more about our football program a little bit more in depth. Maybe the third one I talk about, maybe, you know, their true position, what we see them playing. Maybe the fourth one I'm talking to them about drills that, that I do on the defensive line. You know, maybe after that I'm talking to the parents about different academic, uh, uh, you know, services that we might have or uh, a certain major degree. You know, so I, we spend a ton of time going on those Zoom calls and really getting to know our kids. I really, you know, I think the one positive thing about this whole thing, it's, it, it's, it's probably made us look ourselves in the mirror a little bit and realize we should have been doing a lot of this stuff long before this time. I mean, it's, it's really given us some great insight on what kids are the right fit for North Dakota State or North Dakota State or what kids maybe are not the right fit for North Dakota State. So it, it's been spending a lot of time on the computer, watching highlight films. Um, I, I've probably watched more game film. Um, this year on, on a lot of our top prospects that I ever have. Um, so it, it's probably just allowed us to get a little bit more in depth uh, on some of our recruiting fronts as far as looking into a really looking into a kid and making sure he's the right fit for what we're looking for. We've had a chance to talk to a, a number of other college coaches, Coach Polisak, Coach Lance Leipold out at Buffalo, Coach Erickson earlier today. And uh, one of the things that we've talked about with them is that the possibility that some of these things you're talking about, the the Zoom calls and, and some of the technology maybe staying around, even after things return to normal at some point this year, next year, whenever it might be, that, that maybe this is a, a shift in recruiting that might be good for everybody. There, there's no doubt in my mind that I think we need to continue to do more of this as we continue to uh, progress through the recruiting process with kids and, and, you, and kids moving forward. You know, when I recruited Reed Ryan out of Wanakee, uh, well, two years ago, I spent more time FaceTiming him and, and, and just seeing him, you know, in the more of a, a personal, um, you know, way than rather than just getting him on the phone. And I think that was one of the reasons we were able to get him from the, I don't know, 16, 17 offers that that kid was able to, to accumulate, you know, but it was really getting to know him, seeing his parents, looking them in the eye and figuring out, you know, they are the right type of kid or he is the right to, right type of kid that's going to work here at North Dakota State. So I, I think there's no doubt in, in the future we're going to have to do a better job and uh, of getting to know these kids at, at a more personal level and spending time getting to know their parents. And, and I think this is what uh, this, this online technology, this Zoom has really allowed us to do. We're talking with Nick Gazer, defensive tackles coach at North Dakota State University. Uh, NDSU has always been a program that is pretty selective with the offers that you hand out, that you extend, and has also relied very, very heavily on the outstanding summer camps that you put on there. Um, if, if this, I, I don't know, I guess for sure where your camps stand right now, but if you're not able to hold camps, how does that impact how you approach recruiting 
does it impact the number of offers that that you might put out and in how things will change when when you have relied so heavily on that in-person evaluation at camps in the past yeah that's that's to me travis one of the scariest things is, is our camp has been such an influential part of our recruiting process for us not only has it helped us evaluate kids get to know kids uh, spend time with kids. I think it, it's allowed kids to really spend time around a lot of college coaches. If it's Mankato, St. Cloud, Duluth, wh- whoever it might be, you know, those coaches are coming here and, and working our camps. And it, it's just a great couple days to be playing football, talking football and finding the right type of kids for North Dakota state. So that, that's a scary, that's a really scary thing for us. And, and as of this time, it, it's really up in the air. We, we are not quite sure. Obviously the, the month of June uh, has been, you know, off limits for us. We're still in, in, in hopes of maybe having something in July, but we certainly don't know. But it's, it's, it's a scary thing for us. It's been such a big part of our recruiting process uh, that, that uh, the, the, the questions, the not knowing what's going to happen is a little bit of a, a scary part for us. But uh, the camps have been a great part. And, and what we've really had to do is probably just rely a little bit more on communicating with coaches and getting some really, really good feedback of what type of kids uh, that we're dealing with. And then the other part is just trying to get some kids to put some film together of some workouts for us. And, and that's the other part that we've probably done a better job than we've ever done in the past is making sure kids uh, are, are doing workouts for us and doing some agility drills and, and things like that, which they can send our way uh, to help us evaluate those kids. But uh, those are the important pieces that, that, that we've used. And as you mentioned, Travis, we are not a school that's going to go out there and, and, and offer a hundred kids. We, we're not going to do that. We want to spend more time getting to know kids. We want to develop relationships. And, and I think when we find a kid that we feel is the right fit for North Dakota state, at that point, we're going to move forward and, and, and make that offer. And, and I truly believe in this day of age, there's a lot of kids that really respect the process that we go through. I, I there's so many schools out there these days that are offering three, 400 kids. You know, what, what does an offer even mean anymore? And, and, and it makes me wonder. But I think kids understand our process. I hope they understand our process and, and it's allowed us to find the right type of kids for NDSU. The relationships that you have and so many people on the staff at North Dakota State have when it comes to the state of Wisconsin specifically, that has to be a big help. I, I'm going to just run through the coaching roster a little bit. And I'm sure I'm going to miss some, but point them out. You're a Wisconsin guy. David Braun, I believe, is a Kettle Moraine graduate. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Cody Morgan from Wisconsin. Um, Connor Singer, uh, an assistant with you. Lee Pronchinski from Arcadia. Uh, uh, coach uh, Larson, a former coach at UW-Eau Claire. Coach Entz even spent a lot of time at Winona State and I'm sure had some forays into Wisconsin just so many Wisconsin connections. A.J. Blazek spent a lot of time at Winona and has recruited Wisconsin for a long time. Those kinds of connections have to help when it comes to recruiting the state of Wisconsin, especially during this time where those in-person evaluations are so tough. Absolutely. I think all those guys understand the level of football in the state of Wisconsin. And and, and we've had a, so, so much success with, with those type of players that are tough, hard-nosed, Midwestern kids. Uh, that, that come out here and, and really have unbelievable success. So uh, it, it's been a great area for us to recruit. Uh, like I said, I think all those coaches understand the level of football. They understand, you know, the, the, the great coaches that, that are in the state of Wisconsin that are teaching these young men and developing these young men. And we've had some, un- I mean, the list goes on and on of, of great NDSU players uh, from the state of Wisconsin. So that's certainly something we want to continue. And 
Uh, I, I always take it as a big responsibility on myself that I got to continue to to find as many Wisconsin uh, cheeseheads and to, to to bring out to the Dakotas. Uh, if if there's guys, Wisconsin or not, anywhere that are interested in being recruited right now by North Dakota State or just in general. What are some of the things that they can do during this time period where the face-to-face interactions are limited, camps might not happen? What are things they can do to help their recruiting right now during this time period? You know, I think, number one, communication is essential. You know, you you, got to communicate through email, through Twitter, through text messages. You know, it's this day in, in, in the media, you got to be you got to be available to do some of those things. You got to get out of your comfort zone, and you got to communicate with coaches. You know, for us in the evaluation process, you know, we're, we're, for us, it's, it's watching you know film, highlight film, game film. You know, if you haven't put your highlight film together, you're way behind the curve. You, you know, you you gotta you gotta get your highlight film together. You gotta get that sent out to different coaches. You gotta get that evaluated. You gotta ask for feedback. Um, so I think that's really an important part. And then for us, again, the second thing is just continuing to get as much workout film as we can. You know, our, our evaluation on a prospect goes through highlight film, workout film, camp evaluation. You know, if, if, if we find a kid that meets those three criteria and, and we're impressed with all those three things, they're going to be NDSU type of material as far as athletically. So uh, for kids, they need to put some workout film together. They need to get it sent our way. And, and then and then the other thing is just continue to uh, get the academic, academic component taken care of. You know, uh, taking their ACT, uh, having a good GPA, having a, uh, you know, and then sending all those transcripts to, to different schools. Uh, I think are the, those are the most important things uh, when we talk about the recruiting process. When we were talking with Coach Leipold last week, he said something that really uh, kind of struck me, and, and I'm guessing you have dealt with the same thing, and that was his his point that he's talked to some players that have 30 scholarship offers already, and 25 of them are from you know Power 5 type of conferences, teams, et cetera, and, and they're still asking, well, Coach, are you going to offer me? Are you going to offer me? And he said they're just collecting offers. It, how yeah. often do you run into situations like that where you, you – you kind of know a guy's beyond your level, but they're they're just looking for that love still. Yeah, that, that that's always a, that's always a tough one, and 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 that's that's kind of this day and age. It's it's kids are trying to accumulate as many offers. I, I always say it's not about how many scholarships you have; it's about getting the right ones. You know, getting the places that are the right fit, the great programs. That so many kids are just trying to go out there and get their name out there, and hey, how many scholarships can I can I get? Typically, those those kids are not the right type of kids that what we're looking for. I mean, uh, I can think of some of some of the greatest players that we've had at, at NDSU have been guys that have come down to either taking a D two offer or coming to NDSU. I mean, a lot of the kids that that we're fighting and battling that have twenty five offers, you know, end up being kind of average football players. You know, so. We, we try not to look into that a whole lot. We, we just try to find the kids that fit the right criteria for what we're looking for. And really to us, doesn't matter how many scholarship offers you have. If you fit what we're looking for, you're, you're going to be by the material. Before we uh, let you go, we do want to check in on some of the guys from the state of Wisconsin. I, I think it's 13 that you have coming back next year from last year's roster, plus uh, the guys that you have coming in. Who are some of the guys that we can expect to see on the field this fall for NDSU and, and maybe playing some bigger roles? Oh, boy, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, you better throw some names out here at me, Travis. But I'm thinking, 
you know, Logan McCormick, uh, a defensive end out of Kimberly, um, has really done a great job. And, and, and Logan would be the first to tell you, not the most athletic kid, not the most talented kid, but, man, he is a great leader. He is a great person. He works extremely hard. Uh, he is going to be one of our great leaders uh, on the defensive line group. You know, Reed, Reed Ryan, another kid, again, is, is a redshirt freshman, uh, has grown, has got stronger, has worked extremely hard uh, in the weight room. Uh, I think he's going to be a darn good player for us. Uh, just maybe a year or two away yet, but really excited about uh, uh, Reed Ryan. Uh, Jake Rock, big offensive lineman from Kettle Moraine. Um, never forget going to see him at the at the Wisconsin Combine, weighing about 225 pounds when I saw him there playing tight end. You know, he's 295 right now and, and doing a phenomenal job, getting bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a heck of a good player for us. Um, our punter. Um, our punter, Garrett Wagner, kid out of Lodi, um, is, is really was, has been an all-conference um, punter for us, has done, done a phenomenal job for us. He's going into his senior year. I think if he has a good year, I, I really think uh, he's going to have a great opportunity to maybe uh, uh, play at the next level. And that kind of goes along with our snapper, too, Ross Kennelly, who's a, a superior kid um, and uh, has been our, our long snapper for the last three years. Uh, really has done a great job for us. Uh, I think he's going to have an opportunity uh, potentially to at the next level. Uh, let's see who else. You got a couple Logan of the, uh, yeah, a couple offensive guys lately that have been all state and even player of the years, Logan Gretz and DJ Stewart from Kimberly. Yep. Um, Dylan yep. Hendricks, who's on the defensive side of the ball for you guys. Uh, they're all young guys. Are, are you they going to be in the mix? Yeah. Logan has got some real ability. Logan Gretz, kid out of River Falls, uh, really has got some ability. Can really throw the ball. Was our scout team quarterback throughout the year. Uh, has a great arm. He's got to continue to understand the playbook. Got to continue to develop there. Uh, but the kid has really got some really great ability. We're excited about Logan. DJ Stewart, like you mentioned, uh, has been a really, really good special teams player for us. Uh, he was a rundown on kickoff, played on punt defense for us. Um, has really done a good job, um, you know, playing running back for us. Think he can be a a, a good player at running back. Uh, he, he's done a great job for us. We're really excited about uh, what DJ is going to do for us next year. You know, Dylan Hendricks, you know, obviously had the ACL injury. I, I'm sure you're aware had the ACL injury right after his football season, uh, his senior year. Uh, did it during rugby, so he's still kind of working himself back a little bit. But the kid is about 235 pounds. He's going to be playing linebacker for us. Um, if, if things don't work out there, I think he could certainly be a defensive lineman for us. I think he could play a tight end for us. But we're really, really excited about his ability and his talent. Uh, I think he's going to be a heck of a good player for us once we kind of get him healthy and ready to go. So um, Seth Wilson, another kid out of Holman, uh, who's played running back for us, been a little bit banged up. Uh, at NDSU, but uh, we think Seth is a tremendous talent, and I think he could be a really good player for us. He's not from I don't Wisconsin. Know if I'm leaving. Yeah, there's there's some Seth? other guys that uh, no Seth, Seth uh, outstanding. A, a, a yep. guy not from Wisconsin that we're going to ask you about while we have you is: Do you have another top five quarterback at NDSU right now? And Trey Lance, he, he great might, freshman season. We have, yeah, we might have a guy that's pretty talented. I, I don't. Those guys on offense have done unbelievable magic with the quarterback position. Coach Hedberg, who coaches our quarterback, uh, quarterback has done. I, I can't even can't even say how what kind of job he's done with from from Carson Wentz to Easton Stick to now Trey Lance. I mean, people don't realize that Trey Lance didn't throw an interception this past year, and he's 
six five, two hundred and thirty some pounds, and he can run, and he's athletic, and he might be as good as any of them. So uh, we've been very, very fortunate at that position. We just got to continue to keep those guys healthy and keep them upright. But uh, he he is a he is a real talent, and he's going to have an opportunity at the next level also. Another guy I forgot to mention was uh, Hunter Lukey, kid out of Spencer. Uh, had a great, great season for us last year. And I'm telling you, Hunter could be as good a fullback, tight end, uh, prospect, or player as we've ever had at NDSU. The kid has some unbelievable ability. He's tough. He's athletic. Uh, that, that kid's going to have a really, really bright future. Great to hear uh, all that uh, Wisconsin love from those guys. And uh, always great to catch up with you, Coach. We'll uh, we'll let you move on for right now. But really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, obviously, we, we missed connecting at the, the combine and the clinic and everything else this year, but really look forward to getting the chance to, uh, to say hi again in person and uh, certainly looking forward to following the Bison uh, this year on what could be another championship run. No problem, Travis. I enjoy talking to you too. And it's it just, for me, it's great talking about Wisconsin. I still, it's home sweet home to me. And, and anytime I can talk about the state of Wisconsin, uh, I'm in, I'm in. So um, I'm, I'm glad to join you guys. And, and absolutely anytime you want to talk, I'm always available. Outstanding stuff from both Coach Erickson and Coach Gazer. And again, uh, incredible uh, coaching tree for Scott Erickson at Iola Scandinavia. Both players, uh, both coaches played for Coach Erickson at Iola and a big testament to him. So that'll do it for this edition of the Wisports.net podcast. We uh, will get some some other perspectives on this from different levels uh you know hope to get some d2 and d3 coaches on hope to get some other coaches on from other sports uh really interested to talk to some basketball coaches to see how their process is changing uh with the spring aau season wiped out it looks like potentially the 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 summer will be wiped out as well and how that will impact recruiting from a basketball perspective so uh, a lot to dig into here coming up on the wsn podcast i am travis wilson This has been a WSN podcast. When sports do resume, we'll see you at a game.